And the book is not so much about getting into the C-suite, I think, as it is just making sure that you are in charge of your choices, that whatever circumstance you're in, whatever happens to you, that you have the ability to see clearly and to just move in a direction again with that you, you know, with intention. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another edition of the Audacious Living Podcast. Hands down, the most audacious podcast you'll ever find on the internet. I'm Audley Stevenson, and thank you so much for joining me here as we continue our ongoing goal of helping you live your best audacious life ever. As always, I encourage you to connect with us through our social media platforms. Uh, You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle The Audacious Pod. And then if you head over to Facebook and you type in The Audacious Living Podcast in the search engine, that community will also pop up and you can be a part of that group. And then lastly, if you are watching uh, this particular episode on YouTube, then you know that the little bell down below easily can be tapped and you subscribe to the channel and uh, you'll get notifications every time we got new content that comes out. So please connect with us, like, follow, subscribe, share, and uh, we'll continue to do our part to keep this audacious conversation going. I've got Claire Wasserman joining me on this edition of the Audacious Living Podcast. And if you're not familiar with who Claire is, uh, she is a powerful individual, a thought leader, a speaker, uh, and the founder of a very successful Ladies Get Paid movement. Um, you're probably wondering what Ladies Get Paid is, and it's something that she started back in 2016. And it was really her answer to being very frustrated and angry about the wage gap and, and the leadership gap that existed between men and women in the workplace. And that's really where the conversation started for Claire. And uh, she created a movement of 100,000 women all, in all 50 states across the U.S. in more than 120 countries around the world. And it's so phenomenal. You know, Ladies Get Paid has become, a, and it's turned into an inter, uh, educational platform that hosts seminars, uh, summits, uh, and conferences. And Claire has essentially built a community of interest. And that's what's made her movement so powerful. So I really, really think you're gonna enjoy my conversation with Claire. We do a deep dive uh, into what Ladies Get Paid is all about. Uh, again, her frustration uh, with the, the, the disparity in the workplace between males and females and a whole host of other things. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Claire Wasserman. Enjoy. This podcast, it's it's audacious living podcast. We talk about being bold and audacious and taking risks and chances. And, and I think this very much in line with your work. And I, I can see the synergies directly. So, uh, which I thought was made sense for you to be here. And I'm glad that you felt the same and why you chose to accept the offer. So thank you. Um, I, I don't get into a big, any long introduction. I just kind of like talking. So if that 
you know, works for you, we can just get going. Is that, is that okay? Yes, yes, please do. This is fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Good, good. Well, uh, Claire, I, I appreciate you, you taking some time being here with me on the Audacious Living podcast. As I just mentioned, uh, uh, you know, this podcast is built on the, the, the foundation of, you know, being bold and audacious and taking chance and risks and, and going out and doing the things that we're supposed to do. And I think that very much falls in line with, with, with your work. Ladies get paid and everything that, that, it's, that, that you know, that's built around. So, again, thank you for being here. I'm I'm excited. Let's yeah. Awesome. Tell me everything. Let's awesome. let's have a good chat. Awesome. So so maybe as a starting point because you know ladies get paid. I mean it's a very bold title. I mean it really it it speaks to you right off the bat. And so I wonder if you sort of could talk about the platform because that's the name of your book, your website. It's all around this. So I wonder and and again you know it's pretty self-explanatory when you hear it. But I'd like to sort of hear a bit more from you. Sure, sure. So I started Ladies Get Paid in 2016. It was really my answer to being very frustrated uh, and angry about the wage gap, about the leadership gap, the funding gap. I mean, if you start researching women work money, you will find out that we are nowhere close to equality. Okay. But what can you do? as an individual, right? So for a year, I just sort of felt terrible about it. Yes. And it took a friend of mine who came to me and she's an art director, freelance art director. And she said, I just realized that I am charging so much less than my male counterparts. And we have this conversation about lack of transparency when it comes to money uh, and salaries. And also why did she feel like she was not worthy of asking for more? And long story short, I began to host town halls. Okay. So it's kind of open format conversations around things like money, but really power. Cause that was the real conversation, right? Power and value, um, worthiness and freedom. And there was a lot to talk about. And so out of those events, I created a Slack group, invited these women to the Slack group. And now almost five years later, we've got a hundred thousand women from all 50 states, more than 120 countries. Here's the wildest part. I find over 2 million messages have been exchanged wow. in that Slack group. Wow. So long story short, part of it is conversation, but really it's about action. And so we're an educational platform. We host webinars, conferences, summits. Um, we've got now this, you know, this community that you yeah. know give you know, it's peer to peer, but really, you know, we're here to give education. When you see the community grow at that, I mean, the numbers you just shared, uh, it's got to be phenomenal when you think about, okay, wow, that this there's a real, you know, so it's really easy sometimes you're going through something and you think you're by yourself, right? right. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, there's one more and there's a whole bunch, so the whole community. That must have been just eye-opening in a lot of ways for you. Oh my goodness. So what was most eye-opening for me and, and remains to be one of the most profound things I've ever experienced was I went across the country a few years ago and I hosted these town halls for women to come and talk about money. I did it in 19 cities. Um, not very good at math, but it was 150 or so per city. So it was a decent amount. Yeah. And I was going to places like, you know, Grand Rapids, Michigan one night and the next night it was Detroit, Michigan. And so these places that, you know, were different, but also similar and the same email, I got the same email after every single event. And it would be a number of women all saying, I thought I was the only one. So it's just what you said. Wow. Meanwhile, I'm looking at this going, no, there's thousands of you. Yeah. And for better or worse, I don't know if that makes people feel better to know that, you know, everyone else is struggling just as much as they are, but there's relief and catharsis when you discover that a lot of these things these women were carrying, it was shame, yeah. shame around money. Yeah. So it just was such a release 
uh, for everybody and also just very interesting for me personally to be able to experience that. Yeah, and, and especially the issues we're talking about are, are systemic, right? And so when you're part, when you're when you're, you're you're being impacted negatively by you know any kind of systemic issue, that feeling feeling of helplessness. It's, yeah. it's, it's easy for that to set in and then let alone thinking you're on an island by yourself. Like it's, it's tough. Yeah. And it's not just be confident. I mean, there are specific and strategic things that we need to learn, right? So if we're having issues at work, I mean, you don't just go into your boss's office and yell. I mean, maybe you could, but like as women, I mean, we're socialized to be accommodating. Okay. Right. So if you go in and you act assertively, you might even be perceived as aggressive and women of color know this even more. So there are, you know, it's again, it's not just like be more confident and go in there, which is why we have education, because there's so many nuances to the way that we need yes. to be approaching these subjects. Yes. Um, so I do, you know, for anybody who's feeling kind of helpless out there, like I get it. And that's why there's a support system like mine. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that you sort of made that you articulate as more than just being confident. Right. Um, you know, we, it, it, you still have to understand what that means. And that's where the education comes in, in terms of what, what, what steps are involved. I would imagine a part of that is just kind of even researching, understanding. And, and I, I like the question that you asked earlier about what's your value? Like th those are yeah. really important questions that ask to ask, well, ask and answer, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And also I think for many of us, but particularly women, we, equate work with hard work. So if something comes naturally, we think that it's not work, not realizing that we should actually be leaning into the things that come naturally. If you can monetize that, I, this was a friend of mine many years ago who said, Claire, you do realize that your ability to build a network is incredibly valuable. Right. And when you go out at night and you're collecting those business cards and you're retired the next day, you did work. That was work. And it really got me thinking about how I could put front and center in my career, my ability to build networks. And I have now a company that is built on that. And that's the other thing, you know, let's say you want to level up at work. Yep. Well, a way to do it besides knowing your own strengths is building relationships. But how do you do that? Especially if you're new or more junior. Yeah. So, you know, thank you for giving me an opportunity to speak about this stuff, because obviously I could go on for many hours. <laughs> and, and that's okay. And I love the passion. I think it's awesome. Um, uh, conversations about money are tough, Claire. Like, I mean, they're, 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 they're uneasy, they're awkward. You know, it's people don't want to come across as being greedy or, or you know, right. wanting. So, so, so how, what kind of strategies around that would you suggest for people? I think, I mean, you totally hit the nail on the head in terms of the word greedy, again, especially for women um, and for women who work at nonprofits, they feel like if they want more, it is taking from others, mm. um, right? So more from, for them means less for anyone else. Okay. Um, no, that is not, that is not the case because when you have abundance, you can provide for others, whether it's money or it's yeah. just, you're in a good place, you're feeling that it's going to make everybody else feel good. So you are not being selfish. Um, I think there's also fear that maybe we don't know enough. So we don't want to appear mm. quote, dumb, right. We don't want to ask any of those quote, stupid questions. Yes. Um, it's also intimidating because of lack of representation, right. There are more male financial advisors than women. So if you can't see yourself, right, like, of course, it's going to be intimidating. It just, right. you know, that's just human nature. So there's a lot of layers. Um, and it's just such a shame that we're not taught this stuff in school. I mean, yeah. I really, because, yeah. and then you get older and older and then it's like, well, gosh, I'm 35. Like, I really, now I'm really embarrassed to speak up that I don't know, you know, right. basic investing principles. Right. But at least more than ever, there's education 
and yep. free education that you can access. Yes. And I'm glad that, you know, more and more of us are talking about it now. And, 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 and when, because it's not taught early, it just becomes a way of life, right? You don't know any different. You think that's just kind of the way it is. And when, when, and, and that's why when the conversation is about, well, how do you change it? Like, well, no, or it feels awkward because you, you, you don't know any different. It's so I just got my master's certificate in behavioral finance and financial psychology, because what I was seeing both with myself, but also the community is you can teach somebody to do something, but you can't make them do it. So what, and they may have a desire to do it right for years. I wanted to invest. I knew I should invest, but something was stopping me Mm -hmm. and it really was a scarcity mindset. And where does the scarcity mindset come from? How you are raised. And so, and that new point of like, you don't, know what you don't know, right? Your parents didn't know what they didn't know. And part of the assignment I remember was going back to the great depression um, or times of like extreme scarcity in in my family and just understanding what that did, okay? Uh, And how that got passed down. Um, A joke that my mom likes to make is I'm an improvement on her and she's an improvement on her mother. And this is true, right? So (laughs) it's also part of it, a therapy just in general, but you know, I appreciate you saying that because you really don't know what you don't know. And then where do you begin? Well, and this is it. And and especially when, you know, if if you grew up as a happy childhood, things are well, you know, you're thinking we're good, right? Like, isn't the goal goal just to live a happy life? And if I'm happy, then what what am I missing, right? And then life happens and you're like, oh, I don't know. Again, I don't, this could be for anybody. I mean, if anyone is not taught the, I mean, there's a mindset and then there's the tools. I find people who know how to do this stuff. They are lucky if they were taught. Gotcha. I'm assuming your, your uh, own professional career, you, you know, you experienced some of this frustration. Can you sort of talk about what that was like for you? Yeah. So before ladies get paid, I was director of marketing for a company called Working Not Working, marketingnotworking.com. So they were recently bought by Fiverr uh, and it helps connect freelancers, mostly in the visual communications field that help connect them for work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then before that, I ran marketing for the Art Directors Club, which is a nonprofit for people in visual communications, also helping them connect for work and to grow their careers. For that, I was in experiential marketing and in fundraising. So I found myself becoming more and more interested in not so much getting people the job, but helping them thrive in the job. Gotcha. So when I, you know, uncovered these horrible statistics, it was this aha moment, right? This thing that I was interested in, but then this problem I wanted to solve, right? With like real fire. Um, so I don't think I ever personally, you know, there was no experience I had like finding out I was underpaid. That that's actually my my co-founder. That was her impetus. Yep. Um, but I, I do have to say, I, I had a very uh, sexist experience happen to me about a year prior to starting Ladies Get Paid that really was the genesis of this journey. I went to an, an advertising festival, very fancy advertising festival. I went to a, an event, an older guy comes up to me and he says, well, whose wife are you? And it was like, aha, it was this aha moment because I realized so much in my career, I'd been navigating not being taken seriously or being objectified or just the power dynamics that can happen between somebody who's junior or more senior or, you know, gendered. Um, and it just got me thinking about all of the energy that I had spent dealing with those dynamics right, right. and also realizing in many, many ways, I was very privileged because to discover at, it took me to age 26 or 27 or 28, whatever, for me to then go, oh, wait, there's oh. discrimination in the world. I mean, God, that right. is so privileged. Right. So then there was a lot of 
you know, working through my own baggage and my own shame, which is why it took from that moment to starting ladies get paid a little over a year of self-exploration and and trying to understand this. And and that's a very important process to go through that that self-exploration piece. You got to do that deep dive, that dig to sort of figure out, because I oftentimes say that if you want to start something, you know, it's got to come really from the heart. And it's got to come from come within. And if it's not, and if you don't know yourself, then you don't know really if what's really inside, right? So it sounds like you did exactly that. It's also just not going to be sustainable. Yes. Right. I mean, this is the longest I've ever been in a job. <laughs> you know, quite frankly. And I realized that recently because I usually, after every two years, I get an itch, right, to level up and usually needing to leave my job. And so this is this is different. But it also requires pushing yourself in different ways when you right. run your own company, right? Yeah. Complacency, you don't have a boss to push you. So that also I find to be a very interesting journey. <laughs> I love that, I remember that, pushing yourself in different ways. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's a key point in all this. I think we always continue to have to challenge ourselves and, and try new things. That's a fantastic point, thank you. I wanna to jump to your book because it's got a really big title here. Ladies Get Paid, The Ultimate Guide to Breaking Barriers, Owning Your Worth, and Taking Command of Your Career. There's several stacks behind you there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> big, big title, it says a lot. Uh, talk about that, Claire. Sure. Well, that's, you know, for anybody who's written a book or is writing a book, you know, you stress about the title or forget about books. If you starting a company, you stress about the title. I came up with this. I gave myself 24 hours to come with, uh, come up with the name for the company and the URL was available. Thank God. Right. So then the book was, the title was easy. Okay. It was like the company. It also encompasses what I want women and people to take away from this, which is getting paid to me is getting respect. It's getting recognized. It's getting power, right? It's open for interpretation, really, which I also like. And the book is not so much about getting into the C-suite, I think, as it is just making sure that you are in charge of your choices, that whatever circumstance you're in, whatever happens to you, that you have the ability to see clearly and to just move in a direction again with that you, you know, with intention. Um, I I tell the book, I think I tell the book in a very interesting way. I, I found nine real women in my community, each of them going through or having gone through a certain kind of professional challenge. And I tell their story. And as I tell their story, I stop along the way and I give advice. And it really takes you through, you know, the chronology of a career from, you know, who am I, yes. you know, the kind of existential questions yep. to, okay, getting the job, negotiating the job, moving up. That also means setting boundaries. And then finally, it's how do you approach this stuff in a more macro sense, making change at your company, making change in your community. What does equality look like from a policy standpoint? Because that's what I want everyone to remember is you do your best to improve your circumstances, but that's not how we're going to change things. Not Yeah, it's not just me, the individual. It's us, the group, the collective. So it's it's a big book. I mean, it's you know 320 pages and it was not easy to write. <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's amazing. So the nine stories, how are they are they all very unique in themselves or or, or between each individual? And they come um back and forth. So it, so the longest part of this process was finding the right people. So I had women submit their stories and introduce me and I probably wrote like four different versions of this book with different people's stories. The stories that I ended up using I mean, they are so honest and vulnerable and amazing. And you're going to read it and you're going to go, I can't believe this happened. The only details I changed were names and signifying, right? So yes, the lawsuit that happens, it's a big deal. She she did sue her company for discrimination and pay, okay? So 
that's incredible. And they come up, right? Because these themes intersect. If you're having trouble, you know, believing in yourself, well, you might still have trouble negotiating because you don't believe. So that, you know, it's going to come back in the next chapter. So you really are following their journeys throughout. Um, And it was, it was just, um, I'm just, the book is, is fantastic because of these women. I will also take some credit. But really, thank you to them. No, I I think, I mean, I've always been a big proponent of sharing stories. There's great value in that, how we can help one another, inspire another, teach one another. So I think that's a great approach, and I I love that. Uh, As you're sort of going through in that selection process of the stories, was was anything that surprised you, or or is it sort of like you, you sort of saw it all, or what was that like? It, what always surprised me was how somebody's life and their experiences really brought to life the statistics, mm. which is quite interesting, right? So you would read, you know, you might read about how this is not really a great example, but, you know, how women tend to get less feedback, right? Or are given, you know, uh, actually, here's a better example. You know, we don't apply for jobs at the same rate that men do. We feel the need to have, you know, a hundred percent of the requirements listed in the job description mm. before we feel confident enough to go for it. Whereas a guy is like, I'm going to shoot my shot, which right. is great. So you, I've heard these statistics and then I'm having these women tell me these incredible women, oh, I didn't apply for that job. Wow. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> so matching what I read in the research with somebody's life, um, it was depressing, yes. actually. I mean, it was, you know, it was really sad. Yeah. Well, and especially I can imagine sometimes you'll do research and you'll read numbers and you're like, this can't be real. Like, how is that even possible? Are you for real? And then someone comes along and validates it. So I can see, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, it is real. I know, I know. And um, I, these women, I mean, again, they're, they're just very honest. I think that also surprised me and their vulnerability and that they were okay with me using names um, I think there's only two, three in here that I use different names, actually. The rest, it's really their names. And they've been very vocal. You know, they've shared publicly who they are. Amazing. So I, I was surprised personally by that. And any any sort of personal learnings for yourself going through this process? Um, I mean, what I think I learned was um, how to finally get over my own imposter syndrome, which, of mm. course, was very ironic and meta when I would write about imposter syndrome and perfectionism and the joke is that I, I went to my therapist and, and I said to her, I can't finish this chapter on perfectionism. And she said, well, that's because you haven't figured out your own perfectionism. I'm like, oh, so I put her in, in the book. She's, you know, she's thanked in the acknowledgments in the back. The, I have never experienced this because I, I have experienced imposter syndrome, sure. don't get me wrong, but I've gotten to a place where I feel pretty good. Like I own the name expert. I have done the research, yep. but I'm writing the book going, Oh my God. I mean, I had never done this before. And then I right. realized right. that's great. It's great to feel a little bit like an imposter. Cause hopefully that means you're challenging yourself to do something new. Yeah. And I had declared, you know, these publishers said, we're going to give you money. We're going to yeah. give you a lot of money to write this book, yeah. which is amazing. It's so ladies got paid. And then I'm sitting there going, well, I don't know if I can actually do it because I've never done it before. Okay. So it makes, so there was also some forgiveness I had, I think for yep. myself, which mm-hmm. is, it's not, you're crazy. It's like, no, no, this imposter syndrome completely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then I realized, you know what, it's not about what anybody else thinks about me. Although partly yes, it's actually about my own process. What do I learn mm-hmm. out of doing this? Absolutely. Did I enjoy myself? Could I find moments of joy? Did I yep. connect with these women? That's actually the goal because that's my life yes. selling the book. You know, whose goal that is? Simon and Schuster. Right. 
that's the publisher. So it was really profound for me in this whole process to finally reconcile, hopefully once and for all, the perfectionism and the imposter. Well, I think it's very fitting that you kind of go through that process given the subject matter and and the topic and all of that. So I think there's some, there's definitely some advantages of living that experience and understanding it and owning it, right? So uh, congratulations on that. And and I say congratulations, Claire, not for just the book. I mean, the book, absolutely, but just going through that process and doing your own self-discovery and doing your own work to get you to that point. Because I think once you can live that, not only you can understand that, you can show others that even more effectively. Yes. And I thought I had gone through all this stuff before. I mean, really, because every stage along in the book, like I have absolutely experienced it, but then you experience it because it gets, something happens and it's even more intense. You know what I mean? So it's like, just when you think that you figured it out, you know, so that's why I keep going back to like today, what can I do today that just I find that feels good or that I find interesting or that I learn. So in a lot of ways it was getting small because I, you know, big vision, big dreams, big goals. But if you start thinking too much about that, you get overwhelmed and you, you know, so I have so much more to say about writing this book. I do. I think I should probably do a whole event on the process from the idea to to publishing. (laughs) Yeah. Cause anybody who's done this or thinking about doing it, like, I mean, this, I have children, but like, this feels like a child Absolutely. that I've birthed. Oh, you, you, you birthed a baby. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. I'm not sure how many are the stacks behind you, but it's definitely more than, you know, six tuplets or more. The joke, <laughs> now the joke is like, get them out of my house. Please buy them. <laughs> I, I like my background too much. I, I want to keep these, but it is available on Amazon and anywhere else you buy your books. I love it. It's funny. The, the, the last question I wanted to ask you was whether or not you, are, are you, as you go through this process, are you ever still surprised when you hear these stories, you, you have this community, uh, all these messages and all these, ex- you know, all the stories that are shared. Is there anything that ever surprises you still, or have you pretty not much... Yet. No, nothing at this point, because I've just seen too much. I think what I'm finding, and I'm using the word interesting a lot, it's just the shifts that are happening because of COVID. And so seeing more women interested in becoming freelancers or business owners, um, seeing this ferociousness of, I need to start building wealth. So not just making money, but investing, uh, you know, understanding what crypto is. Like before it was, "Ah, yeah, I should do what I should do it. Now there's, I mean, we need to do very this. Very intentional, very intentional. So yeah, so I wouldn't say anything was really surprised or changed, but yes, the intention and the intensity um, of that has been just interesting to watch. Amazing, amazing. Well, uh, Claire, let, let, our, let our listeners know where they can uh, uh, learn more about you um, uh, and, and grab a copy of your book. Sure. Um, I think it's, a, again, it's, it's, it's a wonderful tool. And I, and I say tool because I think people can walk yes. away with things that they can take them. So it's not just something. Yes. Right. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. It's very action oriented. Um, ladiesgetpaid.com would love anybody and everybody come join. It's free to access our private network. Um, there's also a paid membership if you want access to our entire video library for free to come to events for free. Otherwise, webinars are available for purchase there. Ladiesgetpaid.com slash book. You can also purchase it pretty much at any bookstore. Ladies get paid on social and I'm Claire gets paid on Instagram. I do respond. So feel free to message me there and, you know, honored to have the opportunity to, to share the message. Thank you for your work. Uh-huh. And obviously, you know, everybody listening time is money. So, you know, you just spent it with us and I'm very grateful for that. 
Thank you, and, I, and I, again, I appreciate you being here, Claire. Again, congratulations on all that you've done. I think it's huge successes, and I'm really glad we had the chance to talk today, so thank you. Thank you. All right, then. Back we are here on the Audacious Living Podcast, and I really, really want to send a big thanks and shout out to Claire for, for joining me and, and just sharing her story and her journey and, and the wonderful things that she's doing. I'm going to plug her book, uh, Ladies Get Paid, again, which uh, talks about the, the weight gaps in, 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 in the, between genders. Um, in her book, she did a really great job of articulating the stories of nine different women who, who also share their experiences, and there's so much power uh, in sharing your journey, and so I'd encourage you'd head over to ladiesgetpaid.com to snag yourself a copy. You know, Claire left us with so much to think about, but if there's just, you know, one thing I take from my conversation with her, it would be this. The process of understanding your worth is an important exercise to go through, but it's also important to realize that our individual worth isn't tied into our achievements or the things that we've accomplished. As we know, our, our lives are always fluctuating. There's always an up and down. And that doesn't mean that our worth goes up and down too. It doesn't matter what people say or what they think about you. Your worth is very personal thing and only matters to you. When you have a clear idea of what your value is, that gives you enough confidence to be able to openly state what your worth is. And conversely, it also enables you to stand up when you're not receiving your true worth. Now that's audacious. Hey, listen, if you haven't registered for email notifications of the podcast, please know that you can do so simply by heading over to bestaudaciouslife.com. All you've got to do is enter in your email address and you'll be alerted every time we got brand new content that comes out. Uh, you know, listen, we've, we've reached the end of, of another episode of the podcast. And, and as always, I want to th send out uh, thanks to our awesome listeners, uh, all those lovers of audaciousness and the support that you give us uh, is tremendous. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so much appreciated. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.